Welcome back, everyone, to This Week in Privacy. Uh, this is episode eight of our weekly series where we cover the latest updates with what we're working on on Privacy Guides within the Privacy Guides community and, of course, this week's top stories in the data privacy and cybersecurity space in general. Um, I'm your host, Jonah, and as always, this show is presented by Privacy Guides, a nonprofit which, research, which researches and shares privacy-related information and facilitates a community on our forum and on Matrix where people can ask questions and get advice about staying private online and preserving your digital rights. Um, as always, we start off with some Privacy Guides-specific updates. Um, this week, uh, uh, last weekend, or this weekend actually, Skiff Mail was removed from Privacy Guides email provider recommendations following their announcement that they are being acquired by Notion and they're shutting down their platform in six months, um, which is really unfortunate news. If you currently use Skiff Mail or Skiff in general for your email mailbox or aliasing service, you should definitely switch to another provider such as Proton or Mailbox.org as soon as possible. Um, yeah, it's just really disappointing stuff coming from them. Obviously, when we added Skiff Mail to the site last year um, and we tested them out, we were not really expecting that this would happen, especially so early and with such an abrupt shutdown for everything. It's <laughs> kind of ridiculous in my opinion, but here we are. So if you use Skiff Mail, this is kind of your PSA to maybe consider moving on to another email provider, unfortunately. Um, we're really like thinking about the <laughs> the way that we do recommendations like this because obviously providers shutting down all the time is always a giant pain as far as like migrating to new providers and stuff goes. It's not something that you want to do really at all if you have to, but definitely not like every few years. So we're right now within the community, we're trying to think about like how predictable and avoidable that the situation is where we recommend something that later gets shut down in order to potentially try and rec or prevent recommending other products that end up with this same outcome in the future. So this is something that we're discussing on our forum right now, um, and we have a few ideas from the community that we've been talking about, um, but all of this is ongoing. We're not exactly sure what we want to do as far as reviewing new companies and products go, if anything, and all that kind of stuff. It's still an ongoing thing that we're thinking about because of this news this weekend. So all just recent stuff, but really unfortunate. If you have any thoughts about this whole situation, definitely uh, check out this forum thread and maybe uh, voice any of your opinions if you want to add something or anything that we should consider when we uh, look at new privacy products that come to the attention of our community. Uh, if we end up changing our criteria to better flag and avoid companies like Skiff in the future that are more likely to be acquired or shut down, we'll probably post an update on our blog detailing those changes as well. So uh, just stay tuned with all of this stuff and we will figure out where to go from here. But yeah, really annoying stuff. That's been pretty much the main news within Privacy Guys in general this week. Um, so we'll move on to general privacy updates now. Uh, my first story, uh, Mozilla uh, just launched a new tool called Mozilla Monitor Plus, um, which on automatically removes your information from data broker sites. You might be familiar with other services that do this, such as like Delete Me or Canary, that kind of thing. Um, it's not something that we've published a lot about uh, on our site, but there's been a lot of threads about these various data broker services on our forum if you're interested in information about those or if you have questions. Um, but we're still kind of evaluating like how necessary this is. The, the whole data broker situation is just ridiculous to me. Um, 
This Mozilla Monitor Plus tool is an update to their previous Firefox Monitor tool, which monitored your email address in the Have I Been Pwned database. Um, this new product combines that existing functionality with um, a paid data broker search and opt-out feature that's powered by OneRep, which is um, they're basically outsourcing it to another data broker removal provider, um, just how they do like Mozilla VPN with Moved, that kind of thing. Uh, so just some interesting new tools coming from Mozilla, and there's a whole thread on our forum talking about it if you want to learn more about that. Um, our next story, new laws in the United Kingdom would make wearing a face mask during a protest, like to protect your identity, for example, or maybe protect yourself from an ongoing pandemic or protect yourself from police smoke screens, that kind of thing. Um, it would make that all illegal. Um, this report by The Independent says that police will be given new powers to arrest protesters who wear face coverings under new laws cracking down on disorder. Um, which is what ministers in the UK have announced. Demonstrators floating in order to remove their mask could be jailed for a month and fined up to £1,000. Pretty crazy stuff over there. Um, up next, EU users on iOS 17.4 can apparently no longer install progressive web apps on their phone uh, following the recent changes to iOS in the EU, which allow for browser engines other than WebKit. Um, what this means is that users in the EU will be forced to obtain their apps from centralized app stores. Um, apparently there's more than one in the EU now. Uh, we talked about that, I think, one or two episodes ago. Um, but if you want full functionality from your apps, you'll have to get it from those app stores rather than from the internet. Uh, so 9to5Mac says that this has a lot of consequences for users. For example, all data stored by these web apps is automatically deleted with the update, and websites can also no longer send push notifications to users. Now, iOS 17.4 is still in beta, so we can't say for sure whether this will actually make it through, but in the second beta release, uh, Apple added text to uh, their descriptions on how web apps work that strongly imply that web apps will now just act as shortcuts to opening your preferred browser rather than running as progressive web apps on your device. So it seems like this definitely will be removed for good once iOS 17.4 comes out, which is pretty crazy because progressive web apps were, of course, one of Apple's main excuses that they had for why they shouldn't have alternate app stores at all. And now uh, it's definitely probably a case of malicious compliance where they're removing as many features for EU users as possible in retaliation for all the new regulation from the DMA. Crazy stuff. Um, Wired reports that London Underground is testing out new sur AI surveillance tools to try and detect crime and weapons. Uh, they say that thousands of people using the London Underground had their movements, behavior, and body language watched by AI surveillance software designed to see if they were committing crimes or were in unsafe situations, new documents obtained by Wired Reveal. The machine learning software was combined with live CCTV footage to try and detect aggressive behavior and guns or knives being brandished, as well as looking for people falling onto tube tracks or dodging fares. Um, so just <laughs> continuing, continuing to expand uh, surveillance in public areas in the UK. Um, in United States news, a proposed border policy in the U.S. would allocate $170 million towards autonomous surveillance towers and $204 million towards expenses related to the analysis of DNA samples on the border. Um, 
a quote from this article from The Guardian, this combination of money for surveillance and surveillance technology, along with the included gutting of asylum, would transform our system and hyper-amplify what's already happening on the ground, said Paramita Shah, the executive director of the, immigrant right, the Immigrants' Rights Group, Just Futures Law. Uh, the U.S. has already spent hundreds of millions of dollars on these automated surveillance towers, which are primarily made by Anduril Industries, the brainchild of Palmer Luckey, who is the founder of Oculus VR. So definitely a bill to keep an eye on. Um, in security news, Canada is uh, apparently planning to ban the Flipper Zero to curb a surge in car thefts, despite the fact that the Flipper Zero is unable to be used to steal devices in any vehicle with even the most basic rolling co code encryption mechanism um, like any vehicle since the 90s. This follows the Flipper Zero being banned on Amazon for being a card skimming device, despite it being unable to skim cards, and being banned in Brazil due to alleged criminal use. Why all of these governments are banning what's essentially a toy is makes no sense to me, but I'm sure it's easier to pretend like you're doing something and ban a toy like the Flipper Zero rather than actually stop car thefts. So more performative bans on the government's part there. Um, in more Apple news, they're really having a bad week this week. A bleeping computer reports that Apple allowed a fake version of LastPass on the App Store. Um, as LastPass is used to store very sensitive information, such as authentication secrets and credentials, the app was likely created to act as a phishing app and steal credentials, according to this bleeping computer article, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, the app in question was called LastPass Password Manager with a red logo very similar to the LastPass Password Manager, so uh, it was clearly <laughs> meant to attract users of the actual legitimate app. Um, this app has already been removed along with its developer, but it just goes to show that Apple's App Store review process is certainly not perfect by any means. Um, in Linux news, Ars Technica reports that developers are currently patching a critical vulnerability in the shim bootloader software, which enables secure boot for many Linux distros. Uh, according to Matthew Garrett, who's a security developer and one of the original shim authors, an attacker who is physically present or who has already compromised root on the system could use this to subvert secure boot, um, such as by adding a new boot entry to a server that they control to compromise skim or to execute arbitrary code. Of course, secure boot is one of the mechanisms that supposedly is supposed to help prevent physical attacks like this, so uh, a potential flaw in that system that would allow this kind of thing is obviously very severe. And according to this article, it is they're currently in the process of patching it, but it doesn't sound like it has been patched yet, so definitely something to keep an eye on if you're a Linux user. Uh, and in our final news story, earlier this week, uh, many tech publications across the internet erroneously reported that 3 million toothbrushes were used in the DDoS attack, despite there clearly being no toothbrush vendors who even make millions of Wi-Fi-enabled toothbrushes in the first place. Um, existing smart toothbrushes use Bluetooth and they have no internet connectivity, so this was obviously impossible. And there was no actual evidence of any such botnet from any sources. Um, after this was widely reported, the original source of the story later confirmed that it was a hypothetical scenario and not a real attack. So if you saw a lot of articles about 3 million electric toothbrushes being used as a DDoS botnet, that was um, 
not true. A lot of people just took that story and ran with it. <laughs> That's all the security news I have for today. Uh, moving on to general privacy community news. Um, Fedora rebranded all of their immutable desktops as Fedora Atomic Desktops. So if you're familiar with Fedora Silverblue and Fedora Kinoite, those are two examples of the new Fedora Atomic Desktops. Um, those two are keeping their names because Silverblue has a lot of brand recognition, but future versions are going to use a naming convention like Fedora Sway Atomic for the Sway desktop environment, for example. So uh, I'm glad to see that immutable desktops like uh, like Fedora Silverblue are getting more attention from Fedora themselves and really coming together. We've recommended them for quite a while and this is all cool stuff that they are getting closer to being mainstream Fedora releases. And our final story here, uh, Mozilla has a new interim CEO as Mitchell Baker steps down from her position. Uh, the Register reports that Mozilla is unwilling to share the compensation package for the incoming interim CEO at this time, so <laughs> uh, probably not the best news at the moment. Um, Mitchell Baker, the previous CEO, is probably most well-known among the community for taking ludicrously high compensation packages from Mozilla, despite Mozilla being a nonprofit, while also being <laughs> being at the... Being at the wheel, well, Mozilla has really been in a very steep decline, worst adoption in pr pretty much forever, and they've been, uh, <laughs> in 2020, I think it was, I'm trying to remember, they were, they laid off like 250 employees while Mitchell Baker got herself a pay raise, so <laughs> it's probably good riddance that she's gone. I could, I could talk about this for a while. I posted some stuff about it on our forum post too, but it's... Yeah, Mozilla leadership is changing up. So the current CEO is a Mozilla board member, um, but she's not going to be staying in this position forever. They're going to be hiring a new permanent CEO at some time in the future. So that's another thing to keep an eye on and see where they go from there. I guess we'll see how that ends up. That is pretty much it for this week in privacy, though. So thanks for tuning in. Um, all of the updates from this week in privacy are shared on the blog and also live streamed here on this stream on YouTube every week. Um, if you prefer audio, we also uh, publish these live streams via RSS, uh, so you can uh, find us on Castopod. We, I'll put the link in the description to do that, and you can add it to pretty much any podcast client of your choosing. Um, otherwise, if you have a story that you want to see featured in the next episode of This Week in Privacy, definitely let me know, either in the comments or on our form, and I will... Talk to you all in episode 9 next weekend. See you then.